0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet, Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live with another episode of Post Daily Dose, the best little parenting show on the internet. Hope you guys are doing wonderful today. Uh, Let me just be really honest. I am crabby. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm not sure what is up. Uh, I am like, I feel fatigued and I feel grouchy and, and I'm glad it's Friday because I think I need some downtime and I think the world probably needs me to have some downtime. So last night uh, in our post-daily dose, just as we were getting ready to wrap up, Uh, Josh came on and asked what about stealing so I'm gonna plug this book real book real quick Brian's book from fear to love Um, it is such a great little book Um, I mean just gonna show you real quick like this look how thin it is (laughs) and even within that the way the chapters are written the chapters are literally a page two pages a page and a half Um, It just does a really great job of cutting to the chase and getting to the point about certain things because once we have an understanding and embrace the understanding of how trauma affects the mind-body system, then it really gives us a different perspective for um, how to, you know, ways to, I call it code cracking, ways to crack the code on certain behaviors. And hey, Carrie, it's good to see you. Hope you guys are having a good evening. Hope your family's doing well. Um, Getting ready for a good weekend, I hope. So, of course, um, thankfully, Josh was kind enough. He sent me um, a lot of information about the young man in particular that he was concerned about. And he let me ask him a million questions. And I have like a million and one more questions. But I didn't want to just keep bothering him. Question, question, question. Because that's really part of it. So part of code cracking when you're trying to crack the code about a behavior is you have to put your investigator hat on. And so uh what a behavior how a behavior serves for one person may be different than how it serves for another person. But when you have this understanding that there's a root, there's something There is something that's driving the behavior. And behavior is a communication. It is a form of communication. So, uh, then I also know, you know, we're talking specifically about stealing. And um, it just so happens that our great Brian Post, our great B. Brian Post, was a little thief. He was a little thief in his younger days. And I think that when we can hear from adults about a behavior, and they can give us a reflection of what was driving that, how it felt. It can really give us some really amazing insights. So whether it's about stealing or whether there are other behaviors that you can hear adults speak on, I think it really can help us understand because our kids can't articulate it. You're going to ask them, what were you thinking? How are you feeling? And they're going to be like, well, I wasn't thinking. And I don't know how I was feeling. They're just running on autopilot. They're running out of their subconscious like most of us are until we sit for a minute and let something percolate until we can really identify maybe what was driving that behavior. So I'm sitting here and I've got the book opened to chapter 10. Because chapter 10 in this book actually talks about stealing. And one of the things that Brian points out is that stealing has an addictive quality. And we have some validation of that from the rest of the world. Because when you think about, uh, I don't know, it hadn't been that far back. Maybe 10 years ago when the actress Winona Ryder was arrested for shoplifting. Um, Lindsay Lohan has been arrested for shoplifting. These people have plenty of money. They have plenty of money. They could have purchased whatever it was, but there is an addictive quality involved with stealing. So that's one thing that I would have in my mind as I'm trying to crack the code of how to intervene with this stealing behavior. So what Brian, and Brian explained, he was like, I would steal stuff that I couldn't even use. Like I stole cassette tapes and I didn't even have a cassette player. Literally, he would be, he talks about in the book, he talks about the stress being a buildup and the stealing being like this pinnacle release, like walking out with something being a (sighs) release. Similar to um, self-harming behavior, self-mutilating behavior. There's a lot of tension, a lot of pain, a lot of emotional pain. And that physical, self-harming, physical aspect is a way to, like it's a way that the mind-body system is like, now I can make sense of it because it hurts physically. I see it physically. It's like a release. And the endorphin rush, it's all a release. And all of it can be very addictive. So um Jason spoke about this young man. Um he told me a little bit about him, and what I found myself wondering was, even though he's fifteen, um there's some additional neurodiversity, there's some additional cognitive delays, and he's fifteen and his biology's pressing about autonomy. And so that is an interesting brew, isn't it? When you have somebody who may have some neurodiversity, some cognitive challenges, and yet their biology is pressing towards autonomy. So I felt like there was the possibility that, you know, last night I said, well, you know, especially when we're talking about children who are like 8, 10 and younger, that a lot of times we have them in situations Where um, we're inviting them to try to manage something that they may not be quite ready for. And it sure made me think, after reading some information about this particular young man, that I thought, well, you know, all these times he's out in the world, he doesn't steal every time, right? Every time he's out, it's not stealing. So what, here, like the questions I didn't ask would be, what did the occurrences of stealing, when stealing occurred, What did those situations have in common? So I'd wonder that. So I ask him a bunch of questions, but then I still have way more questions to ask. But that is a really big one would be what do those the you know, of all the times he's been out, sometimes he steals, sometimes he doesn't. What do the occurrences of stealing when that behavior has happened? What do they have in common? And it may not be that moment. It may be that, like, look at that 24 hours. What did the 24 hours before this behavior uh, became apparent? What was going on during that 24 hours? Brian always says this, behavior is Z. The behavior is Z of the alphabet what's the whole alphabet that came before that so there's the possibility that even though chronologically this young man is obviously old enough to be doing certain things he's 15 but emotionally is he able to handle those situations without having a lot of stress and then that addictive quality of stealing being a release would it be beneficial to go with him. Maybe we're setting him up. Maybe we're setting him up because we feel his biological press. We want to support him because he's like, I want to go. I want to go. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. But then his behavior shows us that in fact he can't. And so being able to even speak about these things that are uncomfortable, like it's uncomfortable to say to a 15 year old, no, honey, you can't handle that situation. Because your behavior is telling me that there's something about it that's causing you to be stressed out and overwhelmed. And I'm not mad at you about that. But it is my responsibility as your parent to help you through that. So the thing about it is trying to identify what are the common threads. What, where is there a theme? Most challenging behaviors are predictable. But in order for us to be able to predict them, we really have to put our investigator hat on and try to identify what these scenarios have in common. Um, I'm thinking about other, other situations where stealing has been an issue. Um, I had a situation... My, and I have a you guys have probably heard me tell this story, but I'll tell it again. Uh, it was literally day one of me working as a staff member in our group home in Virginia. So I had been around, but I was not actually working like full time being in charge of a group of the boys. But this day was my first day to be in charge. And I took I had one of the young men with me. We had to swing by our house. Uh, to pick up money. There was $50 that I had left in a bowl on top of the refrigerator and I'd forgotten to get it and he needed to go to the bathroom. So he runs in and he goes to the bathroom and then I go in and the money's gone and he had taken it and I was just as nervous as I could be. Anxious, nervous to address it but I had to address it. It was not going to do anybody any good to not address it No matter how scared and anxious I was. And so when I went to him, I said, I have a problem. And first, let me tell you, I'm really sorry. He's like, what? He's way taller than me. He's about six foot three, probably even maybe six foot six. Great big tall kid. (sighs) I said, I'm really sorry. He's like, sorry. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I've put you in a really bad position. I'm sorry I left that $50 out where you could get to it. I know that stealing has been something that you've struggled with. And there I left $50 out. And what a temptation that must have been. And I'm so sorry I put you in that situation. And now we have another situation because that's the only money I have for us to go on our outing. And he could have denied it. He could have said, no, I did not take that money. I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. You're just saying it's me because... I mean, he could have said a million things. He reached in his mat, in his pocket and he handed me the $50. And I hugged him. And I said, thank you. I really appreciate your honesty. I, pre- I'm so, I really am. Genu- I was genuinely genuinely sorry I had put him in that situation so when I think about Jason and what he's talked a little bit about and I don't know this young man but I wonder if there might be an element where adults need to look up and be genuinely sorry that they're putting this young man in a situation that he's not ready for a situation that's creating an overwhelm I wonder if there's a place where there's a way to join with him i mean the stealing like we don't like we struggle to talk about these things but that's just it we have to get comfortable talking about uncomfortable things when we're dealing with kids who come from tough places or when we're dealing with these behaviors because it's literally doing nobody a favor to like pretend like it's not happening and so to say Son, you know, I'm seeing these places where you're really struggling with taking things that don't belong to you. And it makes me really sad. And it scares me. Because it's one thing for that to happen in our house. But it's a whole nother thing when that happens in the community. Because it can affect you having friends. It can affect people trusting you. It can affect the police getting involved. So... I feel like I need to keep you closer. Uh, Caitlin said, we put up cameras in our house because of stealing. Well, that's one idea. That's one option. Um, but I feel like there's got to be a place. I mean, that may that may help you track the behavior. And I think tracking, using it as a, what in the snam hooey, hooey is going on, right? Like, why is this happening? So it can help that. But if, if it's only being used to be like, to catch somebody in the act, it's still not really getting under the surface of what it is that's going on that's leading to that. Is there, is it about greed? Is it about a feeling of lack? Is it about feeling envious that somebody has something you don't have? Is it about wanting to have a piece of this person with me? Like, I love this person so much that I want there, that there's something about having one of their person personal belongings that causes me to feel more attached to them. Um, I'm just going to even throw this crazy little thing that I, I, you know me, I'm going to, now that we're into it, I'm just going to go off on a tangent. I can even remember reading something really odd in the world of like dating where like somebody borrows money, but doesn't pay it back because then you're still connected to them. They're still connected to you because there's this debt that's owed that they're not going to pay because then they're still connected to you. Like, kind of weird and twisted. But so there's something driving the behavior. There's something driving it. And the question becomes what? And it may even be blueprints of deprivation. It may be that they grew up in a situation where they were taught to steal because people aren't going to get on to the child. And so an adult might have taught them to steal. Um, My son went through a phase where he shoplifted And he would, he came home and he told me about taking something because, and he was talking about take, like how he used to steal back when he felt like he needed to back when he was in a situation of deprivation. Back when he was in a situation of living on the streets as a very small child. And uh, at this point, though, he's living with me. And I looked at him and I said, Well, son, that is just straight up bullshit. And that's, really, I mean, literally, that is what I said. I said, Well, honey, that's just straight up bullshit because if you needed that, I would buy it for you. So let's talk about that part. Let's talk about what's going on between us. Have I done something that's making it hard for you to ask for things that you feel like you need? Is there anything I've done that's made it difficult for you to ask for what you need? Do we have any hidden underlying dynamics in our family where unknowingly, without awareness, there's discrepancy between children? Do we have a dynamic where... One person feels like they have to take from another person because they don't feel like they can ask for their needs met. So see, there's there's so many possible stressors that could be pouring in to what is causing the behavior. But it's not just coming out of nowhere. So this conversation really is about putting our investigator hat on asking questions, being observers, so that we can identify what all led up to Z. So, Z is the behavior, and we're talking about the reality that punishing, just simply punishing the behavior, isn't going to be the solution. In fact, if, if all we do is punish the behavior, then a lot of times what we're doing is we're just creating a scenario to to invite people to get sneakier with the behavior, so that's not going to be helpful in the long term. In the long term, the better solution is to see if we can figure out what is going on underneath that behavior. What are the stressors? How can we help create more calm? What's you know what's the behavior telling us? And it can be be it could be communi- communicating communicating. As you've heard me just explore different things that I have seen stealing, communicate. And sometimes it's just the communication of I'm stressed. I'm stressed and there's something about taking this thing that makes me feel good. And that may be it. It may just be as simple as that. And so we have to address the stress. We have to address the stress in order to diminish diminish the behavior. So... If you guys not are done so today, <laughs> press pause on anything. I'm kind of looking forward to pressing pause today. I'm not sure what it is that's got me feeling just fatigued, but I like, really, like, I just feel like I want to veg out. So I'm looking forward to vegging out a little bit today. If you've not already done so today, give yourself some care, self-care. Give yourself some time. Know that your children are going to need time with you. So, whatever that may look like, if you have the energy to be doing things and playing and, you know, it's Friday, maybe you've got big plans for a play date. Um, I know in my household, when my kids were little, I always thought Friday was going to be play day because woohoo, we're finished and the week is over. But I'll tell you, so many times all of that needed to be canceled. I had to cancel so many play dates only to realize that my child was exhausted like sometimes the that first day, like the first evening when we don't have school, we don't have any big obligations. They really just want to rest just as much as we do. So whatever sense, you know, notice what your family needs from you. Notice what you need. Hopefully it matches up. That's always nice, isn't it? When it matches up, your need for energy matches their need for playfulness or your need for rest matches their need for rest. So I hope it matches up. But whatever it looks like, spend some time with your kids. Let the love you have from them shine from your eyes. Let them feel it from your body. Uh, I didn't completely finish some of my thoughts along the lines of stealing, but it may take going into places with your child, like literally saying, Honey, honey. I know that when you go into the store, everything gets you, like there's so much stimulation. There's the sounds and the music and the smells and the lights and everything, everything. And I know your brain just gets all, woo, party time. So we're going to go together and I'm going to stay right with you. And we're going to learn how to stay calm in these very tempting environments. So if it's public place stealing, that may be a way to help them create more calm within a situation that a behavior is already telling you is challenging. So I I refer to that as creating regular emotional regulation around something. It could be around food. It could be around bedtime. It could be around going into stores. It could be going about going into other people's, bedrooms, into other people's personal space. Even that can be so triggering and stimulating and exciting for a person. And so we just have to put on that lens, reminding ourselves that these behaviors come from somewhere. There's something that drives it. It's not just out of the blue. And it's not just about your child being a bad child. It's not about that. It's about something else. And we need to meet them in that deeper place And remember, in any given moment, we can all act out of those blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. We can all flip our lids. We can all step off into behaviors. We can take one to two to three deep breaths. (sighs) Get our brain back online and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. Um, Dawn Marie, I see you watching I owe you a connection. In fact, we may need to just since you're a member of the levolution, um if we can't if you can't do a, the the consults that we do monthly, we might just need to step aside and have a um, a private coaching conversation. So, we'll see if that might be a good option for you. So, anyway, <laughs> much love to you guys. I hope you have a blessed weekend and uh, we'll see y'all on Monday.